Okay. What is going on, everybody? <laughs> I didn't know if it was recording yet or not. So, um, <laughs> this is Drew. Uh, we're uh, we're doing another intermission show. Um, we're we're not ready just yet for Alone in the Dark. I mean, we are, but um, unfortunately, Dave could not join us. Um, so I guess I'm up next week to back out. I, I, I guess. Hopefully, it's not family medical related. <laughs> But um, yeah, 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 I mean, to him. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, his uh, his aunt is unfortunately not doing too well, and last week, unfortunately, my uncle died. So uh, yeah, just a lot of a lot of crap, a lot of stuff you got to deal with. But um, yeah, um, so we're just gonna do an intermission podcast, talk about whatever is on our mind and uh we, right before the show matt was talking about these um high fantasy novels that he has been trying to get into um truth be told i think you're just reading the book to uh so you can say hey i read one of your books <laughs> yeah that's a part of it although i've been reading a lot more fantasy lately right i really really enjoyed the name of the wind the name of the wind which is not, you know, to reference what we were talking about before anyone else was listening, we were talking about some of these really long series like uh, like The Wheel of Time or the Stormlight Archive, which is the new Brandon Sanderson one. Um, and, and one of the things I'll say I appreciate about The Name of the Wind and its sequel, The Wise Man's Fear, is that that's two books and there's only, as far as I know, one more plan. So a nice little trilogy, wrap it up and move on to something else. Right. I can imagine some of these 10, 12, 15 book series taking me, I don't know, 10 years to read them. Like I said before the show, I'll say it now. I'm not much of a reader. Uh, I haven't, I, I, I've never really been. Reading puts me to sleep. <laughs> I mean, and it's not like, oh, I'm bored of this. It's like, for some reason, I get drowsy when I start reading. You yeah, know? no, sure. I, I, that happens to me too. Um, the, the last, the last book I actually read was, um, probably Hole Zero Three by uh, Greg Bear. Um, I really enjoyed it. I, I, for some reason I was following it. In fact, I think a gaming site might've been Joystick or something like that. Yeah. That, that book actually did have a, a fair amount of buzz around it. I remember. Yeah. They, they, they posted about it and said it was comparable to like Dead Space or stuff like that. And it, and it kind of was. Um, well, he also has a little bit of a gaming inroad. He wrote a Halo book. Oh, he did. Yeah, and I don't know if this came out. If this came out after, that would make a little more sense. Right. That it, that it gets a little play because he just had written that. But I'm not sure which one came out, out first. I think the Halo book was out first, actually. But I read that, and then I read uh, I read World War Z um, before that. 
But I, I do have to mention, I did get into a little bit more reading. I read the Dark Tower series. Um, uh, which my I, roommate and I had a discussion about that recently. He hates, hates the Dark Tower? King. Oh, he well, hates Stephen King? hates Dark Tower specifically, but yes, more Stephen King in general. Uh, I've always kind of liked Stephen King. I have read The Shining. I think... Um, and I read through The Dark Tower. It was actually whenever I first started my security job. Because back then I was like, well, I don't know if I should bring a, a game with me to play. So why don't I try some books out? Because I was still in school at the time and you know, I was studying and stuff like that. And I was like, ah, I kind of want to read something. And for some reason, like, I think I was at a bookstore. I think I was like at a Barnes & Noble. And I was just looking around and I, I saw The Gunslinger. And I was like, huh, I wonder if this is like a Western. I said, oh, was Stephen King? Stephen King wrote a Western? <laughs> and so I picked it up and I was like, Okay, this totally doesn't sound like a western at all. I really don't know what to categorize the the Dark Tower series. It's kind of yeah. like a post-apocalyptic fantasy. Well, he specifically wrote it to be his Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's. I mean, he, I mean, he's the Dark Tower. I mean, the Gunslinger was wrote when he was like what twenty. Yeah, eighteen or twenty. Yeah, he was like really young when he wrote that, and he and he did it throughout his entire life. Yeah, he, he put it on hold for a long time because he didn't want to just write The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So he's like, well, I'll you know I'll get back to this. He did that, and he also was in a, that car accident that almost killed him. Yeah, I think that prompted him to finish it up because I think he wrote the last two or three books. Yeah, back He kind of back. stagnated a little bit, and then he, he sat down after that accident and wrote his last two or three books because he didn't want his magnum opus to be left unfinished. Yeah. So it's um I, I did enjoy the Dark Tower series. It was a very strange series of books um, that could have been hard to follow if I hadn't been into weird shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, a fairly tight story, though. It is, it is. But, I mean, like it's, it's like... You, it's not like Game of Thrones or something else where you've got dozens and dozens of characters. I mean, it's really about these three, four, five people. Yeah. You know, it's a small, a relatively small group for a series of books that are that long. It's true. I just... Uh, it's, it, it's one of those, it's like... You know, if it, somebody – I couldn't imagine somebody living in – whenever these books first came out, like back in the 70s or the 80s, maybe the 80s, but uh, reading these books and, and him talking about like modern-day things like a train, uh, but in a post-apocalyptic world where there's a guy who basically dresses up like a Wild West gunslinger, um, you know, and, and, and just like this – it, like Fallout, basically. You know, I mean, it's it's, it's like I compare it to video games. That's what I recognize. And you know, it's, it, it, the AI. You know, like all these different AIs are talking to them, and you know, this whole city's ran by an AI. That's like it's an abandoned city that nobody lives in, and it's it, it, that, that series is crazy. But I wish yeah. I could get into books, and I've looked at other zombie books for some reason. Because mm -hmm. I I really liked World War Z, um, and that movie just got awful compared to that book. Um, I don't know. Uh, for some reason, I really enjoyed World War Z, and I was like, eh, I kind of like the zombie lore a little bit, especially if they kind of keep it grounded in reality. So I don't know. I don't really know what to read. Well, if if I would say that if you are looking for Zombie books, in particular, I would recommend Jonathan Mayberry. Okay. He has written some pretty good books. Uh, Patient Zero 
Okay. He's got a couple of different little series. One of them is, uh, one of them is pretty good. It starts with Rot and Ruin, and then it's Dust and Decay, and then Flesh and Bone, and Fire and Ash. And I think I've ever, I've actually heard of that. I think it was one of those good. books that I like researched. Yeah, I only read the first one of that series, but I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed Patient Zero. Yeah. Which, you know, any anytime somebody. A name like that calls to me with my virology background, and right. that's sort of the type of book that I would like to write at some point. But I don't know. I just I'm not much of a reader, unfortunately. You said you read The Shining. Yes. So the last book that I just finished up yesterday actually was the sequel to. The oh Shining. yes, I forgot about that. That actually happened. Doctor I, Sleep. Are they making a movie? Didn't they say that they were making a movie? I haven't it, heard anything yet about it, but it I have a, not looked into it. It might be a TV miniseries. He likes to do those. Yeah. But um, no, I haven't. I haven't. Um, I, I, I remember hearing about, it and I was like, eh, I read The Shining like when I was like seventeen or eighteen, and I was like, yeah, I guess I could jump into that. And I was like, this eh. one is pretty Stephen Kingy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and I say that both as sort of a good thing and sort of a bad thing. Yeah. He's a weird dude. Yeah. I mean, I I love Stephen King, but his books do range from amazing to okay. Yeah. And this is probably somewhere on the middle of that scale. It was maybe better than average, but not amazing. But it's basically the the kid, Danny Torrance, Mm -hmm. after he's grown up. Right. And he he basically – he's a horrible alcoholic now because he's been trying to chase away – the ghosts. Uh, all his, me- his memories and the ghosts and you get a little bit of him as a kid and he learns sort of how to deal with it but then most of the book deals with him as an adult and it kind of goes on a a pretty crazy tangent but I won't, I won't spoil anything I'll just say it, it was worth a read if you especially if you like The Shining right but I, uh... mainly the, the bad guys felt a little cardboardy yeah. Pretty much all of the main party characters are very well fleshed out and and they've got a lot of quirks and they feel very real, but the bad guys are kind of like, this is what we do and we're just going to keep doing it and there's not really a whole lot of depth to them. But speaking of depth and speaking of, uh, of stuff that I do enjoy a lot, um, I've made it through essentially what is the main story of Supernatural. And I kind of want to talk about that. Yeah, it's been a little while since I've seen it now, but I I do enjoy it. That show surprised me in so many ways. Yes, me too. <laughs> I I had seen commercials for it for years. I mean, not not a lot, but I I knew it existed for years. Yeah. Just every time I would look at a poster or read anything about it, I'm like, I don't know. It's on the CW. I don't want to watch a little kid's supernatural show. Like, don't get me wrong. I loved R.L. Stein back in the day, but, (laughs) you know, knowing that it had gone on for so many seasons, on one hand, I'm like, it must be, there must be something there if it lasted this long. But on the other hand, I'm like, that's a lot of little kid's supernatural TV shows to get through. This is true. Um, the, the, The only thing I remember seeing it, whenever I saw, like, commercials and stuff for it, I was like, these are two pretty boys. This is a girl's show. This is a teenage yeah, girl's show. Thing. 
is I, I felt that exact same way when I saw that. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be another show full of super attractive people and kind of teenage drama bullshit. Yeah, kind of teenage drama that I have never really watched any of. Well, how far from the truth was that? Because when I started the show, I wasn't kind of feeling the first few episodes. It was kind of like Monster of the Week stuff. They were trying to establish this relationship with their father, and I was just like... And by the way, I also hate the actor that plays his father. I don't <laughs> know why, I just have this irrational hatred for him. Eh, I think he's alright. Yeah, I mean, objectively, I know he's alright. He's a fine actor, whatever. But I just something about his face, I don't like... <laughs> and I... Part of it, I think, has to do with his character on Grey's Anatomy. I think that's where I first hated him the most. Okay. Um, and then just a- ever since then, I don't know why. He also just reminds me of somebody, but I, I don't know. I just had these negative associations with him ever since I first saw him, and it, it carries over every time I see him. He even did a, a pretty good horror movie that came out in the last year or two. What was it? Uh, it was the one that that had the nickname of being like the Jewish horror movie because it was about the this box. I forget what the title of it was though. About the box. Yeah, there was like a a box that housed an evil, and basically it corrupted his daughter. Like, the... and apparently it's out of some kind of Jewish lore. I'm not familiar with. Okay. It's not like I, I, I'm thinking of horror movies. All I can think of is The Conjuring, and that's not it. No, not that one. That's one of the best horror movies. Um, I don't know. The only thing I remember him in is The Losers, which was... Oh, it was called The Possession. The I Possession, think. okay. There's, they, they all sound the same nowadays. Yeah, I mean, there you go. That's not a very uh, noteworthy title. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I remember him in The Losers. He played the main character in The Losers, which was a... Everybody, it came out around the same time as the A-Team, so everybody was like, oh, it's a knockoff A-Team, but it's actually based on a comic book, and it's actually based off a decent comic book, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll watch it, and I watched it, I was like, yeah, this is lackluster as shit, but I remember him in that, and the only other thing I remember him being is a spit fucking image of the guy, of the bad guy from No, no Country from Old Men. He looks, oh. <laughs> he looks exactly like that guy. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so I just, I, every time I see him, I'm like, that's, I keep, is that him or is that the other guy? I can't, you know, but, uh, yeah, supernatural, man. That, um, that is I not, I remember when you first mentioned it, I was like, that show surprised me because it has a, a shockingly tight mythology. Yeah. And it's, it's not monster of the week. Like it first appears to be. Yeah. It's holy shit. Like once you and get also, it, I love all the supporting characters, not to cut you off again, but no, that's fine. That's fine. It's, you know, Bobby's great. And. Um, God, I can't even remember the, the, the bartender's name and her daughter. Oh yeah. I met mainly Castiel. Castiel's amazing. That guy yeah. is. When I first saw that guy, I'm like, ah, oh, he's, he's nothing special. And then he just grew on me so much, man. I love that. I love that character. Yeah. He's, um, in fact, I think the producers or the director or whatever, um, dressed him up like John Constantine. Um, and they said he is basically the complete opposite of John Constantine. Oh, that's funny. He can't lie. He is good. He, is, you know, he, he's innocent kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Castiel's awesome. I love Castiel. Um, I also like Crowley. Crowley's good. I mean, I haven't seen much of him because I just hit season six. Okay. Um, he's helped them out close to the end. 
Um, right. Well, I, I, mainly, mainly I like him. The character's fine, but I, I, I enjoy that actor. Let me guess. Battlestar Galactica. Uh, I think he was in Battlestar Galactica. Yes, he was in Battlestar Galactica. But also, you know, where I first kind of liked him from was Firefly. Firefly. Oh, shit. Yeah, he was in Firefly. I totally forgot about that. What's that guy's name? That guy's name is Mark Shepard. Mark Shepard. Huh. Another maybe not so standout name, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. But that 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 show kind of took me by storm. I originally started watching it with my ex girlfriend, um, because she was actually big into it, and that's that was originally. I was like, I think about watching Supernatural. She's like, Oh, I love Supernatural, and I'm like, You like Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> And you've forced me to watch Pretty Little Liars with you on multiple occasions, and that does not bode well for Supernatural. Um, but I started watching it, and I was like, this is far from a kid's show and far from a teenage girl's show. Yeah, and those were the two first impressions that I had. Yeah, well, especially when you start seeing people get limbs shot off and people getting stabbed constantly. They get fucking violent in that show, dude. And I was like, how are they getting away with this on the CW? Yeah. I mean, it all depends. You can have it. You can have the exact same amount of violence as any other TV show, as long as you cut away a little earlier. Yeah. Or, you know, show the blood splatter against the wall and not the the head exploding. Yeah. They do. There's a lot of tricks that you can get to, you know, to get around some of those limitations. Yeah. But it's it's a very mature show. Um, It does try to have its comedic moments. Yeah. and for the most part, they kind of work. It's not really, ha-ha, very funny, but it's just like, eh, I get that kind of joke. And the thing I love the most and the thing that that I found hilarious because I'm I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of surrounded by it was the whole fact that there's somebody writing a, writing a series of books that's about them and he doesn't even know it. And there's like a fan base around them and they don't even know it. And they, they even go to a fucking convention for supernatural. You back? Yeah. What happened? No idea. Huh? Not... It says I still have full internet. I don't know. Well, that sucks. Oh, well, what'd you hear? Um, I don't know. I missed. I missed about a minute. Oh wow! Okay. Well, thirty seconds maybe. Well, let me start that recording again. Anytime somebody's dropped, it stops the recording, so I have to start it again. I can just splice it together. Can so. you? Okay, yeah, you can yeah, splice yeah. them. Yeah, okay. yeah, no big deal. Okay, so I'm back. Sorry about that. We had a drop call, but um, what I was saying was. Um, what I, what I loved about the show was that, cause I'm surround, I'm kind of surrounded by it with like some of my friends and stuff like that was that somebody's writing a book about them and they don't even know it. He's writing a series of books and there's a fan base oh, on, yeah. on those books <laughs> and they go to a convention for those books. <laughs> yeah. In the later episodes, I think it starts to get a little bit more tongue in cheek, a little more funny. Right. So it's it, it's it. Oh man, they, it seems like this this show was made for n- nerdy guys. 
<laughs> I mean, it, it really was. I mean, especially with Dean making constant like horror movie uh, quotes and stuff like that that nobody ever gets except for like me. Did you get to the episode? I think there's one where they go into like an alternate reality. I think they may they may do that a couple of times, but there's one where they go into an alternate reality where they're like filming the TV show and they're playing themselves. What? No, I haven't got then, to that. Yeah, it's so weird because they're like playing themselves and they're trying to act like they act, so they kind of overact like themselves. Uh huh. It's real funny. I I remember there was one episode where the trickster um, put them in like a bunch of television shows. And they oh, had yeah. they, they had to yeah. act out like they were in a sitcom and then a, uh, a like a CSI kind of deal and they had they had Sam had to had to do a um, general herpes commercial. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of weird shit that this show gets into in the later seasons. That's uh, well then. My thing is though is that they they could have ended it at season five. That that well, I mean that... it was supposed to end at season five. Oh, is that really? Well, initially it was written as, as three seasons, and then since it was doing so well, he expanded the story arc to five seasons. Uh, and basically he was like, yep, I've told my story, but they just kept renewing it. So he's like, oh, shit, I guess we got to fill some space. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, the main story was written to end after season five. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it totally looks like they could have ended it there. I mean, you know, the... just creatively cool. they certainly could have, but. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I'm going to I'm going to be spoiling a lot of the plot points from Supernatural. Granted, the season five ended in 2011, so there's three years of. And they are all up on. They're all up on Netflix. Um, yeah. So yeah, at the end of season five, basically they saved the world. Um, the Satan got released onto Earth, and uh, they had to find a way to either kill him or put him back in hell. And Sam, one of the brothers, was the vessel that was able to hold Satan. And they have been establishing this since the first episode. And that was what's so great about the the, the continuity is that since the first episode, they have been hinting at all this stuff. So basically the Winchesters, Sam and Dean Winchester, are this kind of like Cain and Abel lineage where – Dean is all about angels, and he is the main vessel for Michael, the archangel of heaven. And there is it's prophesied that there's supposed to be this huge battle between Satan and Michael, and it's supposed to take place in each of their bodies. So Dean is supposed to be possessed by Michael, while Sam is supposed to be possessed by Satan, and they're supposed to have this giant battle on Earth. The problem is it's going to kill millions upon millions of people during this battle. So Sam and Dean want to devise a plan to have that battle not happen, but still throw Satan back into hell. So at the end of Season 5, the last episode, Sam gets possessed by Satan, allows himself to be possessed by Satan, and they open a portal to hell, Sam jumps in and is basically trapped there for all eternity. And Dean promises Sam that he will start a family and, and try to live a normal life because all their life they have been hunting supernatural things and, you know, trying to just kill demons and monsters and stuff like that. And they just want to have a normal life. 
And so that's how it kind of ends. It ends with Dean going back to his old girlfriend and starting a family. And then season six happens. Yeah. Where Sam is miraculously taken out of hell and no longer possessed by Satan. But even then, they do a fair job after that of not just kind of forgetting about that. Like, that becomes integral to the rest of the show, as far as I've seen. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just, that would have been a pretty good ending. I mean, yeah, it sucks for Sam. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a good arc for him. Yeah. He's a a tragic character. Yeah, he definitely is. That kind of makes it interesting for, like, how, how do you evaluate the rest of the show? Do you get angry at it that it's dragged on ad nauseum, like when it, when it was supposed to have ended? Or do you just say, all right, I'll just take the five seasons as the story, and then the rest of this is just more time with these characters? Hmm. I don't know. I've started the sixth season. I've, I watched the first two episodes, and I was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'll, I'll watch it, but not as kind of religiously as I used to. Yeah. Because apparently it's still doing very well. Like yeah, I think, I mean, it's I think been renewed in, for a tenth season. Ah, that's crazy. Ten seasons. Most yeah. shows wish they it's could still going. Last that long. That's crazy. But um, I will say if you so in my mind it kind of parallels the X Files a little bit in that respect. Okay. So I mean the X Files pretty much ended, and then they brought in like you know when there's not even Mulder around, that's not the X Files, but they have Agent Doggett. And then it was almost like a reboot. Yeah. They did the same thing in Stargate SG-1 where they pretty much pretty much ended the, all the storylines that were going on from episode one. since the movie actually that predated the series. And then they just bring in a whole new villain and basically start over. Instead of doing a new series, they just kind of reinvent themselves within the series. And, you know, that didn't go over so well for either of them because they both only lasted two seasons after that sort of reboot. But apparently Supernatural is the last – Five seasons after the reboot. This is true. But, yeah, but uh, aside from Supernatural, I'm trying to imagine but other shows. But they could shows. have more funny episodes. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing. That's what some of my friends who are who are diehard fans of it saying that they were like, "There's some great episodes that are really funny in it." And I'm like, okay. And that's how I felt about the X Files too. When they, you know, I think it, I think the X Files got bogged down with Scully's cancer and Mulder's abduction. And it was a great show still, but it wasn't a fun show anymore. Yeah. And then when they rebooted it with Doggett, there were a lot more one-off episodes. There were a lot more funny episodes, and it just became more lighthearted, and I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, and then they had the whole spinoff with uh, the Lone Gunman and shit like that and tried to make a kind of like a quote-unquote funny version of the X-Files. Yeah. And that didn't last. Speaking of, you know there's a a spinoff coming out soon for Supernatural. Really? Yeah, it's called Supernatural Tribes, I think. Okay. And I don't know it's gonna I don't know if it's got any crossover of characters, but it's basically gonna be set in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And there are a bunch of hunters and a bunch of different monsters, and I'm gonna say monster tribes because of the name. And it's all about out Lots of supernatural events in Chicago. So uh, I don't know how much is really known about it yet. I think it was only recently announced. Huh. Some, somewhat recently announced. Okay. 
And, you know, I, I don't know if it'll do any good, but it's surprising to see that after... And I think it picks up after the end of Season 9. Like, that's where the split happens. Okay. Uh-huh. So, I haven't actually made it that far, so I don't know, you know, uh, what that entails. Right. I know, um... I'm trying to imagine, uh, the Bates Motel? Have you... Heard, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of it, right? Yes, I've heard of it. I've watched the first two episodes, but okay. I told somebody I would watch it with them, so I'm holding off on watching it anymore. Yeah, I watched it with my ex. Um, we kind of got into it. It was pretty decent. That show's fucked up. That's that, that's how I felt after the first two episodes. I figured it was enough to convince myself that it was worth watching. Yeah. And that, I, you know, that's all I know so far. I've never watched American Horror Story, but this is what I imagine America, American Horror Story is kind of like. American Horror Story is badass. That show is so weird. Oh, you haven't got into the, so, weird, so weird. the weird shit that happens in Bates Motel. No, I haven't. There's some fucking crazy shit that happens in Bates Motel. <laughs> and the thing is, is like everybody is fucking insane, including like the fucking people that live in this town. And the only person that is actually sane throughout the entire series is fucking Norman's fucked up piece of shit brother. <laughs> who's like this complete just this loser who is a, an absolute piece of shit. He's the only guy who has fucking sanity in this entire show. <laughs> but um it's it's it was decent the first season the, the second season just started. In fact, it it aired yesterday or day before yesterday. It was Monday when it aired. Nice. I have I haven't watched the newest episode yet. I got it on my DVR though. But uh yeah, that makes That's been one of the gems. I mean, yeah. happy that they put up on Netflix. Yeah, that was, it's it's actually um it was it I thought I've I've always liked Psycho, you know, mm-hmm. um and and um I just I'd like to see how they go along with it. Um, I don't know how they're going to continue the continue the show. I mean, it's it, I mean I know how they're going to continue it, but I don't know how it's going to work or if it's going to work very well. So, but I'm not going to spoil anything. But I think it has some pretty good characters. Um. But yeah, that that and The Walking Dead are really the only thing I keep up with. I used to watch a lot of television. I don't anymore. There's nothing good on. Which I have been told, um, is it Almost Human? Yep, I've watched the first eight episodes of that yeah. so far. Is that pretty good? It's pretty good. It's very slick, so you're not going to get any real deep deep episodes, you know, kind of probing what science fiction can be on TV. Basically, it's just a cop procedural, but set in the future. Okay. So you've got crimes that involve, like, synthetic humans, and there's a little bit of, you know, what does it mean to be a human because the the partner is not human, and he was actually discontinued because he was too human. Okay. So they had really super realistic androids. And then they started to feel emotions too well and, I I, I guess, do things that humans would do, which is not necessarily the most logical and efficient way to do things. So then the newest models are the ones that are a lot more robot-like. And the most advanced models were actually all discontinued. So So basically, it's these these two that are – they just solve crimes. Gotcha. Does he act like a robot though or does he still talk like a human? show 
you know, it's, it's very well made. It's very slick. You know, it's got pr- good production values. It's got good acting. It's well written. You know, it's just not the deepest of shows. Right. Well, I might give it a shot. It's on Fox. I tried yeah, watching. I, so. I tried watching the following. Uh huh. A mom and dad are big into it, and they told me it's like, Kelly, man, you you got to watch the following. It's insane. It's great." And I watched like the first five episodes, and I was like, "I'm not feeling this at all." Yeah, I. That's about how far I made it. it was about five episodes, maybe, maybe six or seven, but I enjoyed it. I, I don't know. I just kind of not enough to really get obsessed with it, and it right. just kind of like faded away a little bit. I still plan to watch it at some point, but I didn't. I didn't fall in love with it like I thought I might. Yeah, I just. It was okay. I mean, they're just trying to pull shit out of their ass. I was like, this guy could have so many fucking followers, and they'll just keep introducing them, even after they're killed off and stuff. I'm like, this is. I was like, yeah, that's kind of how I felt. It's like you set yourself up too e- for too easy of a series, like too easy of an out anytime you need it. That's that's my problem with television shows and stuff. I have to overanalyze stuff where my mom and dad are just sitting down watching it and saying, oh, this is impressive. And I'm just like, yeah, but if you think about it, as far as a production goes, they can just keep going with this shit until they get tired of it. And I'm just like, eh. That's like, I don't know. I, I, I go see my parents a lot. Because, you know, I, I go see my parents a lot. Um, and my mom watches all sorts of fucking shows. That, that is her thing. She loves watching television. And she is big into Dracula. Um, it's a new show. I think I think the first season just ended. Um, and I've watched a few episodes with her. If it didn't have... heard of it. Yeah, if it didn't have as much drama in it. It's basically... It takes place in like 1920s. Um, with a an American, or uh, he's acting like he's an American, I guess. Uh, living in London, Dracula living in London, um, and like this order is trying to it, it, th- this order of humans are basically vampire hunters. Um, they don't know he's Dracula. In fact, they don't even know he's a vampire. He's really good at hiding it. Um. And he's trying to devise. They they try to use the lore in in really dumb ways, like Abraham Van Helsing is this doctor who is actually helping Dracula. Hmm. Um, he's he's devising this serum that he's injecting into him that allows him to walk in sunlight. And it's it's just I don't know. I was like I don't know. This is they're they're trying to fuck with the with the lore a little bit too much. So yeah. I don't know. I, I was like, eh, it's okay. Mom is huge into Grimm. I've tried okay, watching I, wa- that. I watched a little of it. I tried watching that, and I I think it's stupid. I don't like it at all. I think... I was like, Mom, you, you do realize that a lot of this shit is halfway based on things that I've seen before. And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, Grimm is based... It's not based on, but I mean, I can see parallels to fables. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's it's kind of like the comic book fables, except not as dark. And she's like, I don't know what that is. I was like, it's basically fairy tale creatures and people living in the real world, but this mask themselves. You know, but Grimm is all about the creatures that is bullshit. They just made up on the fly. Yeah. And I'm just like, eh. There's just so many things that. Why don't you just come out and make a fucking fables television show? Or you know, why don't is Fables the one that The Wolf Among Us is yes. based on? Yes. Okay. I don't know why they didn't use the 
the name Fables. Maybe because I guess the comic book's not as popular as like The Walking Dead is. Right. I just picked up the first trade of Fables uh, in a sale they had a few months ago. Pretty good. Um, especially if you like those characters, you know, if you if you you recognize those characters, kind of deal. I figured that would be my trial. If I don't like that, there's no way I'm playing the Wolf Among Us. The Wolf Among Us is amazing. I'm I'm not even kidding around. If you have never read Fables, I haven't. I haven't read it yet. You can you you will still enjoy the Wolf Among Us. It's great. I prefer it over The Walking Dead. It's it's uh, it, which I did play the newest episode of The Walking Dead. In fact, I just wrote my review today. Should be going live tomorrow. Uh, that newest episode of season two, episode two is great. They did a fantastic job with that, especially from the lackluster episode one. So, would you say one is the worst of all the episodes in the Walking Dead so far? Because I, I enjoyed pretty much all of season one. Yeah, I didn't play the. The add-on episode, yeah. I didn't play 400 Days. Um, the Yeah, I would say it's the weakest one out of all of them. Mainly because it's just like... I mean, there's some shit that happens in the first episode that is pretty, pretty big and traumatic. But two reasons why I didn't like that first episode was... One, it had a bunch of fucking technical problems that really pissed me off. And then it was a lot of... So Clem is now having to find another group of survivors. Well, she does find another group of survivors, and it's all about just kind of establishing them. And that kind of just drags down that story. You know, I was like, okay, shit's not happening. You're you're just introducing these characters and telling me a little bit about them. And I'm just like, I don't want that. Give me more shit, you know. So, but episode two, yeah. episode two does a great job of fixing that. Holy shit, it's got some fucking tense moments. <laughs> so um but I, I even put it in my review the, the, there's a part where you have to choose where to sit during dinner and I sat there at that screen for at least like four minutes saying where do I need to sit it was it's that nerve wracking I was like god I don't know who to who to sit with but um yeah I don't know the walking dead man uh, are you keeping up with that at all in what respect? The comic, the TV show, or the, the game? The TV show. Uh, I haven't seen the new season, no. Okay. The the new... You're talking about... The last, like, two or three episodes. Okay, okay. So the, the the newest half season, I guess. Yeah, is it the second half of season four? Yeah. Yeah. Um, This latest episode that came on Sunday? Oh, my God, I hated that episode. <laughs> I saw people on Twitter like, that was the best episode yet. And I'm like, are you insane? It's like it just it, it focused on Daryl and Beth, and I was like, and Beth I hate. Everybody loves Daryl though. Everybody loves Daryl, and he's not even in the comic. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like, I, I, even my dad, which my dad is huge on The Walking Dead. Okay, in fact, I go to my mom and dad's place every Sunday to watch it with him because he likes to do his little discussions with me and shit like that. <laughs> My dad's my dad is a fucking fanatic about the show. I was like, oh, that's you, awesome. yeah. I was like, won't you watch? Won't you read the comic? He's like, ah, comics are stupid. And I'm like, it's based on the fucking comic. Yeah. But um, he he uh he, he told me straight up. He said if they ever if they killed Daryl off, he said I won't watch it again. Are you fucking kidding me, Dad? <laughs> 
I was like, first off, he's not even in the fucking show. Or not even in the fucking comic. I was like, they're not going by the comic anyway. Because the, there's a lot of shit that's happened that didn't happen in the comic. I think that's the kind of thing that would have used to annoy me, though. Back in the... Like, if this, had, if this show had come out five years ago, and I think I would have been annoyed every the more and more they deviated from the comic. But for this show, it's taken on enough of a life of its own where I'm just like, you know, whatever they do, as long as it's consistent within the show, I'm okay with it. Yeah. So You know, they, they started off where the comic started, but if, if this time around it goes somewhere else, that's perfectly fine with me. Yeah. I mean, it's basically what they're doing. is loosely based on The Walking Dead. Um, which they're going to do a spinoff of that show, apparently. Really? Yeah. I've heard rumors. They haven't really announced anything, but I've heard rumors that it it's going to be like almost like Tales from the Crypt, where it doesn't focus on a single person or group. It focuses on a different group or person each episode. Okay. But okay. set in the Walking Dead universe. Now I could, that could work. That could work, and I would watch that show. But then again, I don't know if that's true. That's just rumors that I've heard. I um, wouldn't mind if they did it sort of like American Horror Story, where it was like an anthology, and each season was a totally different group. Right. So you'd still have time to develop the characters and really get to know them, and then you can kill them off and then just start over again next season. So how does, that, how does, how does American Horror Story work? Because do they reuse the actors? They reuse the actors, but not the characters. Huh. And it, it, it's really cool. I, it's it's kind of like watching the Judd Apatow movies. Like you know Judd Apatow, and he's got his stable of com- comic characters that he or actors that he likes to work with, and they just keep making these different movies where they're not necessarily related, but he has his stable of actors that he likes to use, and that's what this feels like. Okay. You get a lot of the same actors, totally different roles. One might be a lead one time, and just a you know a background character the next time, but they're all kind of there, and present. So is it – all right, so how many seasons are there right now? Three? I think they just finished up the third one. Okay. So the first one takes place in a haunted house. Yeah. And then the second one takes place in an insane asylum. Yep. And they and, were, they introduce a serial killer, aliens, all this shit in the very first episode. Of the second season? Yeah. What the fuck? So, so this is not just about ghosts. No, it's horror in all the things that can be horror. Huh. Okay. All right. The third third season is about a coven. Huh. That's actually the subtitle. It's coven. Gotcha. I may have to watch this then. This is this it's, sounds interesting. I, I it's not particularly scary, but I just love how ridiculous it is. Is it is it kind of like Sam Raimi tongue in cheek kind of deal or no? I'd hesitate to say that. That's not really how I would describe it. Okay. It's it's just real like in the first season you're dealing with this haunted house and they just introduce so many different like ghosts okay basically there as soon as like so that's sort of one of the running things in the first season is that when you meet somebody you're not really sure if they're a ghost or not okay a lot of the time and I mean that's not a big part of it, you know. You're not you're not waiting on a cliffhanger. Is this person dead or not? But uh, they just mix it up and like it, it ends really weird. It's just it ends in a way where you just kind of have to scratch your head and be like, this show is kind of batshit crazy. 
So does it take place in modern times? Uh, yes. Although I'm about halfway through the second season now, and it seems to be it's in modern times, but it's also the second season is mostly in flashbacks. Okay. And the first season is only flashbacks to show you about the ghosts' backgrounds. Right. Whereas most of the second season seems to take place in the flashbacks. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. And it's got what's his face, the singer, in the first episode of season two. Season season two, episode one is a really weird episode. Who's this? Who's this created by? Uh, I know Tim Minear is part of it, or I think, unless I'm misremembering that. Is um, God, what's his name? Um, Ryan, the guy who made Nip Tuck, isn't he a part of it too? That sounds familiar. Ryan Murphy, is that his name? Hmm. I want to say that the Nip Tuck creator is part of this because I was a huge fan of Nip Tuck. Yeah, Ryan Murphy and Brad Falchuk. Yeah. Okay. Um. Each yeah. season is a you know self-contained miniseries. It says. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I I I found it to be more enjoyable, even if it's a little less scary than I than I thought it was. Okay, actually, that was my other question was is like, is this fucking frightening? As in, as in, like, is this going to like make me jump and shit? Well, I mean, a little bit. I mean, you you can tell it is a horror show. Mm-hmm. It's just not focused on being scary. Okay. Gotcha. It's, it's it's more just about all the different weird relationships and between the people that are living in this house and the people that used to live in this house for season one. Gotcha. Have you, uh, I know you probably don't watch them. Have you seen, um, oh man, the, the, the DC, uh, animated movies, the recent ones. Um, not really. Are you not into those? I enjoy them. I just have not really seen them. Okay. I mean, the ones I've seen, I've enjoyed. Well, I mean, I, I like to bring it up because I think DC, I've been watching them for a long time because uh, <laughs> I'm a nerd like that. Um, <laughs> but the, the DC, DC Comics knows how to make an animated movie. They make some of the best. Now, I watched I, a good Batman one a while ago. Uh, which one was it? Uh, dealt with Robin and Nightwing and them dying and oh under the red hood yes that was yeah, pretty good that was a great one um well they just released some justice league ones um in fact uh, the 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 one before the latest one was called um the flashpoint paradox which is that the one about the flash yes and... okay him going into an alternate reality yeah, isn't that like everybody did and he's the only one that's aware of it or something like that yeah he he traveled back in time or he, he, he tried to reverse time and ch- – well, he went back in time to change something. And then when he came back, he changed – it changed a shit ton of stuff. Yeah, so I wanted to watch that. But then what I did is I saw a deal on the original – like the comic series. Uh-huh. So I bought that instead. So I want to read that first before I watch the the animated movie. You don't have to watch that. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to do that because they just made a new movie called Justice League War, which is completely based on what you just bought. 
I'm talking Wait, almost and word the movie's for word. Not? The movie Flashpoint Paradox is actually based on Flashpoint. There was a story arc that took place before the New Fifty Two. Yeah, that's the that's what I bought. You you bought Flashpoint or you bought the New Fifty Two? I'm pretty sure what I have is Flashpoint. Okay. Because I wanted to read the New Fifty Two, and then I, I at the time they were like, "Yeah, you also have to read this because this is." Well, Flashpoint like, like a prequel, basically. What what happened was when Flashpoint happened, when he right when he changes everything back to normal, the new Fifty Two starts. Kind of deal. Okay. And the only person supposedly the only person that remembers it is the Flash. Yeah, I've sort of been waiting till I have all the pieces in place before I just sit down and read all of it. Right. It's um the Flashpoint paradox. The animated movie is fantastic. The new Justice League War movie which just came out probably about three weeks ago. I watched it. Um, that one's really, really good too. And But it, it is straight up based on the new 52 Justice League comic. I'm talking almost word for word. Nice. Um, but it's done very well. And I think, um, yeah, does, DC just makes some fantastic anime movies. They get some really no, well-known actors in them too. So it's um they do a good job. I've watched a few animated Marvel movies and they don't hold a candle to those DC movies. And I'm not saying this because I'm a DC fanboy either. This is just I mean it's true. I watched World War Hulk. Mm-hmm. And that was okay. Um but yeah. I just I had to get that out there because I, I don't think a lot of people watch those and I think they should. I get excited every time I see it, and then I just kind of forget about it before I watch it, usually. <laughs> and Flashpoint Paradox has the best Batman ever made. That's oh God, I wish, you'd have, I wish you'd either watched it or read it, because I really want to talk about that guy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, I'm trying to imagine. Like, um, anything I've watched? I watched... I watched um, I finally watched Man of Steel, which it's been probably a few months now. Okay. That was okay. I don't particularly like Zack Schneider. In fact, I don't like any of his movies except for um, Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. I did like Dawn of the Dead. Yeah, I like Dawn of the Dead. Um, I did not like 300. Um, yeah, I'll- I'm sort of in the middle on 300. I just everybody was like, man, that was so awesome, and it was like it got you pumped up, and I was like, not really. It just it's it, the only movie I've ever fallen asleep in the theater, right? <laughs> that I well, it missed more than like two minutes. <laughs> oh, I got you. Um, I didn't like Three Hundred. Um, I liked Watchmen because I liked the source material, but I did not <laughs> like the style that he did that shit in. I don't know why he films his shit that way. That's the one I'm finally reading. I'm finally reading Watchmen. Really? After I've had after I've had that for I want to say maybe six years. Good God, have you seen the movie? No, hell no, not till I finish reading it. <laughs> and I'm just over halfway through it now. Gotcha. Um, I watched Kickass two. Mm-hmm. I liked Kickass. In fact, I read the comic before the movie came out, and I liked the movie. I mean, they did take they did change some things. And Kick-Ass 2 had a shit ton of potential, but it was too short. That was my biggest thing. 
was that um, Kick-Ass 1 was probably at least two hours, and Kick-Ass 2 is hour 30 tops. And they tried to squeeze so much shit into an hour and 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it felt, it felt not right. I just, it just, it, it was kind of rushed and they just, yeah, they didn't utilize a lot of the stuff that they could have utilized. So, um, but I did enjoy it. I like that. I like that, um, that story. Yeah, I, I like the first one. I haven't seen the second one though. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. Like the first one, even more <laughs> even more so. But yeah, uh, as far as I don't know, I'm trying to imagine movies. I, I, the last the last movie I saw in theaters was Pacific Rim. So I need to find a movie to watch. Actually, I recently watched all of the Riddick movies again. Oh, see, I still haven't seen the new one, even though I love the first Riddick movie. You talking about Pitch, Chronicles Pitch of Black. or Pitch Black? Pitch Black. Pitch Black, okay. Um, I, <laughs> all right, so I remember watching Pitch Black a long-ass time ago whenever I was a teenager. That's how old that movie is. That movie was made in 2000. <laughs> I was 15 years old when that movie came out. Um, and I rewatched it with a bunch of friends of mine. That, In fact, they bought like a combo pack for like nine bucks. It, had, it has the first two in it. it. Had the first two in it, and then we red boxed the newest one because it just recently came out on yeah. DVD. Um, and we had like a marathon kind of deal. And uh, Pitch Black, now that I go back and watch it, is kind of ridiculous. I mean, the first like thirty minutes of the movie, the main character doesn't even speak. I love it, man. I could watch an infinite number of movies with the same first thirty minutes there. I, I just it's just such a simple setup for a movie and that's just such a setup that I love it was just I mean I understand that but you, you, you want to hear the bad thing the third movie is basically that same setup good I love it already it's, it, it really is like it, it, the first like well I take that back I mean it, it has the same kind of concept they're marooned on a, a fucking planet some kind of creatures are after them and they need to escape. I think oh, that was sort of intentional, right? They tried to go and like they didn't want to make it more ridiculous than the second one and more political. And they wanted to kind of make it somewhere between the first and second movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, they straight up just went back to the first movie. Okay. I mean, that that's that's because I, I, when we watched that, I was like, didn't we already watch this movie? Yeah, And all my friends were like, yeah, this is <laughs> this is basically the first movie just redone with a different little story arc. But. I don't know, like, I'm okay with those movies. I think, um, to me, going back and watching Pitch Black, holy shit, some of that CG's bad. <laughs> and then, but not just that, it looks like it was filmed on a really low budget, which I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, I think it was rather low budget. But he got some... Decently well-known actors in it. I mean, nobody had ever heard of Vin Diesel at that point. Right. You know, in 2000. Not until, like, 2001 when The Fast and Furious came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he, you know, he got, like, um, oh, God, Keith David. And he got Claudia Black. And that, that... She's one of those actors, though, that's well-known among some circles, but it's never really been a bankable actor. 
I think she's right. more, I, I think she's more popular like in Europe and Australia. But, but I mean she's not headlining blockbusters. She does a lot of genre stuff. Yeah, she does like a lot video of video game voices. Yeah, she like a lot of little things and she's very she's very ubiquitous. She's doing a lot of stuff, but it's not like giant blockbusters. This is true. She's like the queen of B actors. <laughs> I guess. But um I mean Farscape is Probably her biggest role, right? Uh, I guess so. so. That was a full what? Full five years, five seasons. Yeah, but was Farscape that big of? I mean, was that was that a popular show? I mean, was it was it uber popular though? Because I, I can it was I can Stargate, but <laughs> I can I can I can safely say that I have ne- I never watched a single episode of Farscape when it actually came on television. Yeah, I did. I didn't either, but I didn't have cable, so no, I didn't watch uh, much of anything when I was a kid. <laughs> I just, I, I mean, I did, and I just didn't. It didn't appeal to me. You know, uh, I was still watching Star Trek. Yeah, I never watched any Star Trek either. Wow. I mostly, just, I didn't watch any Star Trek until like three years ago. It was the first time I watched any Star Trek. What'd you watch? Uh, I started with the Next Generation. Okay, so you didn't start with the old school. No, because, I mean, to say I've never watched Star Trek, I've walked in and my mom has been watching it before, and yeah. I've been like, yeah, I I get it, it's corny, it's old. So I, I figured The Next Generation would be the first place I could get actual stories. Did you like The Next Generation? Yeah, I actually watched all of it. Wow. I finished it up, I don't know, maybe six months ago. Right. I started Deep Space Nine. That's my favorite. I got real sick of it by the end of the first season. I thought I wouldn't watch it anymore, but... Why? The Ferengi kind of bore me, <laughs> and it's so much Ferengi. Yeah, I, I for some reason, I've heard a lot of people say they can't stand the captain, and I'm like, I really like Cisco. Him. Is that his name? Yeah, Cisco. I, that 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 seriously is my favorite Star Trek series. Now, I, I didn't watch Enterprise when it first came on, but I watched all of Enterprise actually. That was actually I take it back. That's what that was the first one I watched. Enterprise. Yeah, because I was like, all right, I, and because most of what I read that was negative about it didn't actually say it was bad. They just said it retreaded all the other Star Treks. Yeah. And I was like, well, I haven't seen all the other Star Treks, and this is the only one that's in high def, so I want to watch this one first. And also, I love Quantum Leap, so. Scott Bakula. <laughs> of course. I knew you were going to mention that, so. <laughs> yeah, and then I went back and watched The Next Generation. But um, yeah, I did watch Enterprise and another television show that you know i actually started watching more television whenever i was with my ex <laughs> um she she liked television um and we watched uh all of enterprise because you know she she knew i was a geek and i was into stuff like that and she's like she she wanted to try she actually tried to find something for us to watch together that i would enjoy and i was like you know i like star trek and i was like you want to watch um next generation i was like i'm i'm totally down for watching all she said Wow, that's really long. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of seasons of that. And she's like, let's watch Enterprise. So I was like, you know what? I've never seen Enterprise. Won't we start it? And we started watching. I was like, this isn't half bad. I, yeah, you know, I, I was like, I liked it better than I thought I would based on what I heard about it. Yeah, I just I I, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I like Scott Black Black yeah, Blackula, <laughs> Scott Bakula, kind of Chocula. Yeah. Um, but I, he, I think he's a, a, a decent actor. He doesn't do much. In fact, no, he, basically he did that, and then he did Men of a Certain Age. Mm-hmm. 
and I don't I haven't heard about that since since it aired. I don't know. It had I watched the first season. There may have been a second. I don't even know. And I don't know what he's doing now. Nothing. I doubt it. I doubt he's doing anything. But um, yeah, I I, I got pretty pretty deep into um into uh, Enterprise. We watched all of it. Um, another show that I I got into um that Sarah started watching my ex um and I didn't I didn't start from the beginning. I just noticed that like she'd watch it and I'd be doing something else like playing a game or something like that. But actually, when I sat down and started watching it with her, I actually started to enjoy, which was uh, Merlin. Um, right. Actually, I watched the pilot of that. It's it's got that Warehouse Thirteen vibe to it. You ever watched Warehouse Thirteen? Yes. Okay. Did you like Warehouse Thirteen? I can respect Warehouse Thirteen. Uh huh. But I just it just was on the wrong side of corny. Funny for me yeah that's that's exactly what merlin felt like to me but it was it it teetered that line just right plus had giles in it as the king yeah and i was like okay all right i'll watch it (laughs) so and so i watched that and i was like you know this isn't half bad i I actually kind of enjoyed merlin it was um it had it has its corniness to it which i i i loved warehouse 13 i See, I think I would like the corniness in a fantasy setting far more than I would like it in a modern. Yeah, I don't know. I was gonna say sci-fi, but it's not really like hardcore sci-fi. But it is ba- the Warehouse Thirteen. If for anybody who has never watched it or heard of it, if you ever watched the old Friday the Thirteenth television series, it's almost like that. <laughs> Where have you ever seen that, Matt? No. Okay. I didn't even know there was one. Yes, there is one. Uh, it's basically Friday, Friday the Thirteenth was uh, basically about these people who ran an antique shop, and they went around trying to find cursed items and weird shit um, that they could put into their shop. And Warehouse Thirteen is basically like that, except they work for the Secret Service and they work for the government, and the government goes to find these cursed items and keeps them in this gigantic warehouse called Warehouse Thirteen. Yeah, and I like the premise. Yeah, the premise is great. And if it, if they would have kind of took it a little more seriously, I think it might still be on the air. Unfortunately, it got canceled. I want to say that my problem with it was the same problem that you mentioned before. It's just that when you have a warehouse full of stuff, every episode can just be, oh, well, we dug up another relic from the warehouse or something went missing. And I just felt like it was basically a black hole where they could pull anything out of it that does anything, basically. This is true. Um, that that was actually my main more than even the corniness. That was my problem with it. I, I was okay with that because they did interesting things with the items itself. Like it wasn't like, oh, this pencil is is cursed. It was like, oh, this is the pencil that Edgar Allan Poe used to write the Raven, and it has it makes everybody sad when you touch it and shit like that. I'm just like, all right, so th- so they're actually trying to incorporate this into real world stuff or kind of like sounds like supernatural. Yeah. It sounds like supernatural with the Winchester. Yeah. Are you, are you talking about the, um, like the cult, the cult. Yeah. Cult. Yeah. Yeah. Was it made by Samuel Winchester? Yeah. I think so. He made the, the cult, a special gun or is it Samuel Colt? Maybe it was Samuel Colt. Yeah. Samuel Colt. I can't remember who made the damn 
Colt forty five. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that like that, that that kind of stuff is really cool. Like I, I like the whole ancient relics thing. That's one of the things I liked about Hellboy. Mm-hmm. Um, was that he used just trinkets and shit a lot a lot like um John Constantine does. You know he mm-hmm. uses he uses trinkets and uh, cursed and magical items to to fight off his enemies. See, I really liked the weird trinket story much better in the sci-fi miniseries called The Lost Room. The Lost Room. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I have not. But there's basically only about five or six different items that have weird magical properties. And they look like everyday items. It might just be a pen. Um, But it's not just a pen. And the main, like, the story revolves around this guy with a key and basically... A, with that key, when he whenever he opens a door, he can come out of any other door anywhere. And like each of these different items has its own unique properties that it, that that it can do, like something totally different. And basically, just the idea that it was a miniseries, it told a much tighter story with it. Whereas Warehouse 13, I I just got that kind of infinite feel where I'm like, you, this this just goes on as long as they keep making episodes for it. Yeah, they they tried to no, throw yeah they tried to throw in a overarching storyline, but it usually always kind of ended at the end of each season, and then they went back to monster of the week kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And that, that was the one thing that kind of got me. I was like, okay, I mean, they're trying to keep it interesting with the different items and stuff like that, but it's just it's not really grabbing me. Um, which I, I wanted to continue it, but then once once. Once I found out, oh, they canceled. They're canceling the show. I was like, yeah, I'm not even gonna finish it now. I was like, I, that just kills it for me. Anytime I hear of a show canceled, I don't want to watch it anymore. You know, especially whenever yeah. it, it doesn't get a final episode. I'm like, eh, fuck that. Yeah, I mean, I fizzled out on Dollhouse because of that. Even though, right, like, then I I went back and rewatched it. I'm like, man, the end of this was awesome. Yeah, I don't know why they. Ugh. I don't know. That's because it didn't shine until after they decided to cancel it. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I was like, the first season I really, really enjoyed, but it was straight up monster of the week. You know, with well, that, and I just feel like there was something missing as to exactly why the entire thing was necessary. The entire dollhouse program. It was basically just something for rich people. I mean, it was it was kind of like uh, you want to live out your ultimate fantasy with somebody, then you can pay these guys to create the perfect person for that fantasy, or for sure. that for or for that situation. You know, like um, the first episode was well, a guy's daughter got kidnapped, so they he paid the dollhouse to create the perfect negotiator. You know. Yeah, I just the, the entire first season. I, I just felt like I'm watching it, and I'm like, "All right, when is the brilliance going to shine through?" I, I always, I felt like I had reservations throughout the whole first season. Yeah. And I just kept being like, "All right, it's teetering on the brink of I don't really buy it," and I'm just waiting for it to like push over into, "All right, this is awesome." And other than the actors, which I love, because again, he's got his own sort of stable of actors. Yeah. That I love the actors. I just never really loved the story until the. End of the second season. Yeah, they yeah. I don't know. They they did all right. I just I don't know. 
That's still a thorn on my side. I own both both seasons on DVD. Or I did until Sarah's friend borrowed it, and I guess I'm never going to get that again. Oh, man. Motherfucker. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I'm looking where it used to be. I'm never going to get that. Fuck it. I'll count my losses. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, any topic you want to talk about, man? Do you got anything, anything you've experienced lately? I don't know. I've mainly just been reading lately. I've been reading yeah. a lot and watching American Horror Story. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, I've um, uh, I'll mention uh, you know, I, I do try to play some D and D and stuff like that, and um, our D and D or regular D and D group uh, kind of disbanded because. Life kind of gets in the way. People had to start working different places, and people went back to college and stuff like that. So, um, mm-hmm. I've actually my, uh, two of the guys that I played with before still want to play, and I'd like to play too. So uh, they they got some other friends, people that I've never met before, that want to play, and uh, I've been creating a a early campaign for them to do. I'm going to be the DM for it. I would still love to do one of these over Skype at some point, either D&D or the Star Wars one. Yeah. I I mean, it's definitely possible. We can definitely try it. Just had to find some other people to do it with. But, um, but yeah, I've been writing up um, some stories on that. i got this big notepad that I've just basically started jotting down scenarios <laughs> and stuff like that. And I'm like – So any chance you use that notepad during NaNoWriMo this year? <laughs> I mean, we're not going into dialogue and stuff because that's sure. that's just. Uh, I mean, I can, I can, I, yeah, I can transfer it over. I mean, it's, it's basically just here's the town, and you're in this inn, and yeah, it, if you've got all the world building done, yeah, I've got most of the world. Well, I'm using the D and D world. Uh, everybody's starting off in um, Fallcrest, uh, which is a, a kind of a small, well, not necessarily small, it's a mid-sized city. Um, then I've, I've got it. The first scenario is, is basically the, the city gets under siege by goblins and they're having to fight those guys off. And then they find out, Oh, we know where the goblins base is. So let's all go and take them out there. And it's, um, that's basically part of the first beginning of the campaign. So, uh, I got to do some low level stuff since they're only level one. Mm-hmm. Don't need to have them fighting a great dragon until at least level five or six. So, <laughs> Don't want to kill them, but yeah, I've been doing that and um, thinking. Yeah, I have. I have. I, I noticed you put some things. I, I noticed it today. You added blood knights to the the list. Yes. Let me ask you why. I came across some references to it on the internet and. They said it's basically just like a modern version of Blood Omen Legacy of Kane. They are out of their fucking minds. And I'm like, that sounds fantastic. And yeah. I watched the trailer. I'm like, yeah, that's certainly not the same style. But if if people think it's like Blood Omen Legacy of Kane, I'm willing to give it a try. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say, don't. We're not gonna do that because <laughs> trust me, I reviewed that game, and I was falling asleep while playing it. <laughs> I was oh, like, this sucks. is this is fucking boring, and it's not good. So. 
and it's short as shit. So yeah, no, <laughs> let's just <laughs> let's just kind of like not do that one. <laughs> Sounds fair to me. But actually, while while we're sitting we're, while we're talking about it right here, and I've got you here so we can discuss some stuff. You know, we're doing alone in the dark right now, um, and then after that, we'll go ahead and Someday. mention. Yeah, someday. We're eventually going to finish Alone in the Dark. In fact, what I may have us do is just go ahead and play through the whole thing and do a one-off. Oh, that's what I was hoping you wouldn't say. Well, I mean, you don't have to. I would rather do it in two episodes, like record today, record tomorrow. Okay. Just because well, – I mean, at this point, I guess it's not – it doesn't really matter, but I just really like that feeling of being halfway through a game yeah. and speculating on how it's going to end. That That's totally fine. Have you not played any more of it since – well, yeah, but that's the problem. Is now this now this has been going on so long that I'm almost done with it. Yeah, see, I haven't, I haven't, I, I've quit after chapter four. So, okay, I'm in the, like halfway through seven. Yeah, there's only nine, right? Or eight. Eight. Oh wow! So you're you're burning the yeah, the I got like an hour and a half left. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't think you touch the roots anymore. I think I think I may have to go back at some point and burn some just to unlock something to end the game. You have to increase your vision, your astral vision or whatever. Yeah, I think I burned three or four roots, but then the game just told me to do something else, so I did something else. So. Yeah, eventually you'll run into a part where, oh, you can't enter this area until your astral vision gets high enough. And so yeah. that means you got to go around burning roots. Yeah, so I'll have to do that, so maybe maybe... Two hours, two and a yeah. half hours. I, I, I have it in my mind that whenever I sit down and start playing this game, I'm going to platinum it. I've already made it in my mind. I wasn't thinking that was a possibility until you mentioned that, and now that I'm looking at it, this game is definitely platinumable. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I'm only missing two achievements on the 360 version uh, by uh, getting a thousand gamer score points. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, and only because I missed a couple of them and I didn't realize it. And then I sent it back to Gamefly and I was like, ah, fuck. Well, I'm not written it again. So I guess we'll just go with that. So uh, this time around, I own the game. So now I'm going to platinum that I, I have already made up my mind about it. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to try and finish it up early. Yeah. Or earlier than I had to, so that I would have a extra of three, four, five days to. Well, the great thing is, is that if you've ever looked at the menu of, uh, as the, how the chapters are divided, you can basically just warp to wherever the hell you want to in that game. Yeah. As far as like where you are in the story. Yeah. So that sounds awesome. Cause I know there's one stupid one that I missed. <laughs> Is it about shoot, the shoot a goldfish? goldfish? Yeah. And it's only in that one area. That's one of them. I missed on the achievements. Yeah. So, um, but I, I looked got... at it, even shot at it once, missed it. And I said, Oh, fuck it. I'll come back. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, um, we're, we're doing alone in the dark. And then the next episode, we've already got lined up for Jay. Uh, Jay Lee is going to be joining us, and we're going to be playing Dino Crisis. Oh, I'm so excited. I am not. <laughs> because. It, can't, it probably can't control any worse than Alone in the Dark does. Oh, you underestimate tank controls and static cameras, man. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I, I, we'll find out. I mean, like I said, I haven't even touched the damn game. I haven't I haven't touched a tank control game since I reviewed Code Veronica X HD, which was like three years ago. So uh, we'll, we'll find out. But because tank controls doesn't necessarily mean broken. This is true, but and Alone this, in the Dark is fucked in some places. Oh yeah, Alone in the Dark is definitely fucked in some places. But fuck that flashlight too, Jesus! <laughs> that thing does nothing, <laughs> especially when it's blinking. I, I came to two real bad parts. The last time I played it. 
So I think probably both in chapter six. Yeah. Is it with oh, is it is it with the with the the, the ooze on the floor that you gotta like shine with your flashlight? No, although playing through it, I realized. Well, not to get ahead of spoiler for next week, but uh, that was where I ended the first time, like when I bought the game, uh-huh. my first copy of the game. Now that I have a second one, <laughs> um, that's where I stopped. Was I just I got to that part of the ooze, died like five times in a row, turned it off, and then. <laughs> I, I, pick it, I figured I'd pick it up the next day and then flash forward four years. I haven't touched it since. Well, you know, the one, the, the silver lining to Alone in the Dark is got to be the, the original soundtrack. I love that soundtrack so much. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, we're, we're going to be doing Dino Crisis. Um, thinking about doing two episodes of it. I mean, when I look at how long to beat, it says seven hours to beat that game, and that's not rushing. I'm like, I never finished that game. Um, but I do remember playing it. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I played the first 15 minutes, and I think it's awesome. Right, recently? Yeah, well, yeah. And I, I, that's what I played when I initially bought it, and then that's what I played just now when I rebought it. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that, you, you probably made it as far as I did originally. I saw um, a dinosaur. Yeah. Two of them, actually. So, um, but yeah, we're going to be doing and I, that. And I'm in a crisis. <laughs> yeah, it is a crisis. But um, you uh, but what I wanted to do is basically talk to you about. You said you wanted to play some RPGs for Phoenix Down. You, you, yeah, you, and I don't want to just play any old ass RPGs. I want to play something important because, like I said, like I mentioned earlier, I guess this was probably right before we recorded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've said this before, but I never really played RPGs until a few years ago. Right. Four or five years ago, so I've missed all the old RPGs, all the influential milestone RPGs. Some Pretty of them, them. All right, so some of the milestone RPGs. Let's 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 think here. I'm gonna be. <laughs> you know what? I'm not gonna use my bias. Everybody knows <laughs> my favorite role playing game and one of my favorite games of all time will always be Final Fantasy VII, which is a pretty good milestone um, as far as moving Final Fantasy into the 3D space. And that is probably the RPG that I've played the most. Hmm. You've made, it, probably, you've, you've made it pretty decently far in that, right? Yeah, I'm at least 40 hours on my latest playthrough. Oh, wow. So you're like in the third disc. I think so. Technically. Depending on what, where you're playing this. But, um... So Final Fantasy VII is a, is a pretty big one. I mean, everybody who's played... Who is a gamer has played Final Fantasy VII. Hell, even Ken has, and he doesn't like Rocky Cruz. <laughs> Ken's finished Final Fantasy VII. Um, but I will say that Final Fantasy VI, there is a reason why a lot of people hold that in high regard. It's because it's a fantastic game. Um, it, it was on the the, the Super NES. Um, it was originally called Final Fantasy III because the numbering was stupid for the U.S. people because we didn't get half the damn games. Can you explain that numbering? Yeah. Like, Final F- it- All right, so... Final Fantasy um, 1 is Final what, Fantasy. What is it? I think 1 and 2 both came out as standalones on the PSP. Or maybe that was Star Ocean. No, that was Final Fantasy 1 and 2 came out. And I bought both of them. And I made it mm, halfway through the first one. Are you talking about Anthology? No. It's just called Final Fantasy 1 and Final Fantasy 2. It was on, on the, the play, It was on the PlayStation 1? PlayStation Portable. Oh, PSP. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, they, yeah. 
Yeah, those came out. Um, it's basically, we got Final Fantasy, the first one. And then we got Final Fantasy 4. And then we got Final Fantasy 3. Final Fantasy 4 was 2, obviously. And then Final Fantasy 3 was 6. I think. I'm a hell so I'm then angry. when I bought Final Fantasy 1 and Final Fantasy 2, is that... Final Fantasy 2, I believe, was the first time Final Fantasy 2 came out in the United States. Okay, so that's the actual number two. Yes. The the ones you have is Final Fantasy 1 and 2. Okay. Um, but yeah, we never got 2 and we never got 3 over here in the United States. We got 4, which is the one with... I've always called him Cecil, but it, apparently he, it's pronounced Cecil, who's the main character. Um, and then we never got five, and then we got six. Yeah. And then seven, eight, and nine, you know, kind of deal. They, they, they started numbering them correctly. Um, Final Fantasy Four is another good one. With, I've with, heard that. With Cecil. That's a great one. I, in fact, I played that probably back in like 2008 or 2009. It was after I got my security job, and they re-released it on the three on the DS. And uh, that was when I found out his name was actually Cecil and not Cecil because they had voice acting in it. <laughs> and um, I remember pl- playing that remake, and I was like, "Man, this is actually really good." I totally forgot about this game. So um, those. Obviously, the Final Fantasies are... are um, I'll just go ahead and say it. I know this is blasphemy for a lot of people. I do not like Final Fantasy VIII. Like, at all. I didn't like how the combat worked. It was all about the fucking summons and shit like that. Um, I really didn't like the story. It was basically a love story. Um, nine's pretty good. They try to go back to the old school style. And 10 was 10. The one Final Fantasy I've never played is Final Fantasy 12. No. I really like 12. Yeah, 12. 12 was the last one on the on the, on yes. the uh, PS2. Never yep. played it, ever. I, like, like I said, I've never even seen a fucking screenshot of that game. I have no idea what it looks like. The girl with the bunny ears? You've never I, seen that screenshot? I, I, Ken sent me a picture of the girl with the bunny ears, but I, I, if he would have just sent it to me, I'd be like, I don't know what that game what, what game that's from. Hmm. So, um, that's the one game I've never touched in the Final Fantasy universe. I remember they had awesome armor in that game. I played maybe 10 to 12 hours of that. Mm -hmm. I have no idea how it plays. It was the one that was kind of based on MMOs. So you can kind of walk around and target people and kind of walk around in a 3D space around the characters. Right. So it was meant to kind of play like an MMO plays, but like a single player one. Gotcha. A little bit. Um... Another, let's see, must play RPGs, Chrono Trigger. Yeah, so I the two that have always been at the top of my mind are Vagrant Story and Chrono Trigger. Okay. Chrono Trigger I have played and, and completed um, and is a great game. Um, Vagrant Story I have never touched. So that's the one where as soon as I see the art, I'm immediately drawn to it. Unlike Blue Dragon, where I'm immediately repulsed by it. Nauseated by it. How awful it is. 
So I just typed in Google search, must play RPGs. And let's see what comes up. This is from a website that I cannot stand. <laughs> uh, Kotaku. Let's go ahead and say it. Uh, and here are the RPGs you must play. Uh, number one, Final Fantasy VI. That's the number one? Yes. Or, or, or at least, that's the first one on this list. I don't know if these are in any presented in no particular order. There you go. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, Illusion of Gaia. Okay, I, don't, I know nothing about that one. Um, let's see here. Lunar, I, I'm looking at that list too. Yeah, uh, Lunar, I actually own Lunar 2. Uh, but, uh, but Lunar Eternal Blue Complete. I've always, I think I have Lunar on the PSP. You may. And also on, on the Sega CD, is that? Uh, yeah. Like not... s- maybe PS1. I'm, pr- I'm, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it was on the Sega Saturn or the Sega CD. Yeah, it says Saturn here. I, th- I thought it was Sega CD. It must be PS1 that I have it on. I have uh, I have Lunar Two on uh, the PlayStation. Still own it. Still have the collector's edition. It came with the inst- color instruction booklet and the pendant and all that stuff. <laughs> uh, Nino Cooney, which is actually a recent one. That game is gorgeous. I that- started playing that, which I I put that one on indefinite hiatus because we started Blue Dragon and I wasn't going to play both of those at the same time. But right. I love the first couple hours of that that I played. Yeah, I put about three hours into it and this never went back to it. Fantasy Star 4. Now, here's my thing about Fantasy Star. I have never played a traditional Fantasy Star game. I have played Fantasy Star Online. In fact, mm-hmm. you could say that I was pretty obsessed with Fantasy Star Online 1 and 2 on the GameCube. So much, in fact, that I had my GameCube hooked up to the internet so I could play online with people. Yes, who hooks up their GameCube to the internet? I did. Uh, not me. And... If you look it up, I had one of those GameCube controllers that had a keyboard on it. Yes, it is a GameCube controller that is split in half with a keyboard, a full keyboard in the middle of it. <laughs> I swear to God, I own that. Can you reach it with your thumbs? No, no, you no, you actually type it. You have to put the thing down and type on it. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Um, I actually own that specifically for Fantasy Star Online 1 and 2. So um, I was obsessed with that, but I have never actually played a Fantasy Star game. Yeah, I, I own a couple of the originals on the Genesis, and I've always heard that 4 is the best, obviously. Yeah. But I have never touched that. I played like the first 15 minutes of each of them just to see what they were like, and I know nothing about any of them. Um, I got Chrono Trigger, which we've already discussed. Chrono Trigger is a great game. Persona 4, which is on, which is on our list. It is on our list. And I do want to, I would like to play that. I do want to play it one day. That's going to be, oh man, that's going to be a hell of a damn series. But, uh, I can safely say me personally, Persona 4 is one of the greatest RPGs that's ever been made. I I mean, it's a, Going away from nostalgia and stuff like that, Persona 4 is one of is such a well made game with characters that you care about. Yes, completely that, agree. That it, in in the things that happen in that game, 
is fucking amazing. Three and four both really appealed to me because I was sort of anti-traditional fantasy setting. Right. I'm like, I want to play RPGs. I just don't want to see a bunch of people sitting around in a pub and maidens in their dresses and, you know, just the normal, you know, the normal fantasy setting. I just didn't want to see that. So when I saw Persona 3 and 4, I just, it kind of blew my mind. The the setting first, but then how, like, the way that the game reflects the psyches of the characters, I just absolutely loved. Yeah, Persona 4 was fantastic. It's and then, Yeah, especially for the murder mystery thing to get it started. It was, it's such a such a fantastic series, and if anybody out there has never played Persona Four, oh my God, please do yourself a favor and play that game. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy Seven, which is of course, of course, uh, Xeno Gears. I remember that. I I think we played that one time. Um, I do like this quote: "There are games that make sense, and then there is Xeno Gears." That, that <laughs> sums it up. Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky, which is actually a relatively recent released RPG. Um, in fact, I know Jason Gambus Khan, huge into that game whenever it came out. Um, and for, uh, from what I understand, for good reason. I hear it's and That's actually, just a PSP game. I never played that one. Yes, it is. Um, in fact, I want to say it's a trilogy. I, I can't remember. Um, I, I, I don't know anything about him, but I, I do remember him talking about Trails in the Sky like a lot and saying that it is a fantastic role playing game. Um Earthbound. I would love to play this someday. I would too, and I can I can safely say that I've never played it. I've I just played the first 15 minutes just to see what the what it looked like. I would love to I would love to sink into it. Now here's here's an interesting one and I have to give them kudos for it. Radiant Historia. I had to review this game for the website. Hmm. This game is fucking fantastic and it came out during a time where the nintendo ds was kind of on its way out so i don't i don't persona team what yeah it's made by atlas i would like to see everything that they've done i really want to play catherine catherine's pretty good um in fact i will i will go and say that um catherine is more fun with the character interactions and the stuff that you do in the bar than in the actual puzzles that you play. So, uh, Catherine, but that, that Catherine is definitely not a role playing game, or, or, or excuse me, an RPG of, of of what you may think a RPG is. But yeah, Radiant Historia, that is a really, really, really good game that I don't think a lot of people played. I love that game. It's fantastic. Uh, now, here, here's a question. There's a real basic question. Okay. Does the 3DS play DS games? Correct. Okay. That's yes. good to know. I almost bought a 3DS when I traded in my busted up PS3. Oh, you should have went ahead and got that. Seriously, the 3DS is... The 3DS has slowly became one of the best gaming systems bang for the buck. I mean, it's... it it. It has something for everybody, and the library keeps expanding. And you can I'll tell play, you, I'll tell you, you why I really the DS games. The reason I didn't buy it is because I don't think I will use the 3D almost at all. You don't have to. That I, I, unless I'm reviewing a game and I will use the 3D for about 30 minutes of the gameplay, I turn that fucking thing off and never use it again. 
Yeah, so what I want is a 2DS, just not that ugly monstrosity that they came out with. There's no need, dude. Just get you a 3DS, turn the 3D off, and you're good to go. Because you can get a 3DS cheaper. True. I, I mean, that's that's the best thing I can do. And, and the, there's some... I can name off, like, at least six games right now that it could last you easily 30 hours apiece that are fantastic on the 3DS that you can get right now. Hmm. So, I mean, seriously, that, that, that game, that, that system is perfect. That system is one of the best things to come out in the past few years as far as gaming goes. Yeah, I'm sure. I've, I've never owned a Nintendo system when it was still relevant, so right. I'm sure I probably won't get one till the 4DS. 4DS so. comes out, yeah, I knew you were <laughs> going to say that. Uh, Lufia 2, never played a Lufia game. Yep, me either. Uh, Suikoden 2. Or I it played may... the first one. Now, Suikoden. That, that's it. Is it Suikoden or is it yes. Suikoden? It's Suikoden, as far as I've heard people say it. That's how I've heard it said, too, but I've heard other people call it Suikoden. So maybe our listeners can tell me that I'm completely wrong. I've always called it Suikoden. I enjoyed the first one. It was simple, but that was when I was really into my PSP and I just wanted PS1 games to play on it. Right. And so that was a nice fit. Uh, Super Mario RPG. Um, I have played this game. I played it whenever I was a kid. Um, I'd love to play that. Never it, played that. It's actually really good. But I will say it is difficult that game is difficult. I also really want to play the Sonic RPG. The one on I, the DS. Bioware. Yeah. Yeah. That that um I played like uh, about about an hour of that and I was like this is not bad. I would love to play both of those. Yeah. That's um as, as annoying as Sonic side characters are. At least in an RPG, there's a reason for them to exist. <laughs> yeah. But it's um but yeah Super Mario RPG that's that's a game that we we're more than likely gonna do for Phoenix Down like we're gonna have to. Uh oh, I'm seeing the screenshot for Final Fantasy IX. Makes me not want to play it. Why is that? That is not a screenshot for Final Fantasy IX. Oh, that well. is a screenshot for Dragon Quest VIII. Oh, that makes more sense. Yes. Because I was like that looks a little bit too much like Toriyama. It is Toriyama. That's exactly why. Yep, Toriyama has been doing Dragon Quest since the beginning. But yeah, Final Fantasy IX's on here. Dragon Quest VIII, which is on the PlayStation 2. Never, I've played some Dragon Quest games, but never really got into them. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, which is a great, great yeah, game. That game's uh, fantastic. That game is difficult as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm stuck. That, uh, I know, I'm like 25 hours into that game and stuck. Let's see here. Kingdom Hearts 2. I own this game on the PS2 and I have never played it, ever. I've owned this game for years upon years. And I've never played it. I gotta finish the first one. I have finished the first one before. That's one of the most confusing fucking continuities I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> because I've played Kingdom Hearts. I played Birth by Sleep. I'm talking completed it completely. Played it through Three times with all three characters to see all the wow. all the endings, and I played most of the DS game, whatever it's called, three hundred fifty days over seven or some bullshit like that. Um, I cannot understand that story. <laughs> I've tried, and I'm just like, and I've looked it up, and I've discussed it with friends, and we can't 
I, I, I'm sure they think that they understand it, but they don't know. <laughs> They're just bullshitting. Um, and the, then they had an update saying that they forgot uh, a game, and that's called The Secret of Mana. Yep, I've heard of it. I've heard of it, and I've heard that it is a amazing game, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to say this blasphemy that I have never played it. Ever. So, yeah, that's that. That's Kotaku's list of the 20 games that should be played. No Vagrant Story. No Vagrant Story. That may be just a kind of game. I don't know. I've always heard that it was one of those like best in the world. It could be. I don't know. Um, let's see here. Breath of Fire 3. I actually played through this game. Owned it. Um, I'm looking at IGN's list. Boulder's Gate and Boulder's Gate 2. I had to review Boulder's Gate Enhanced Edition. Man, that's a, those are some hard games to get into. Uh, Chrono Trigger, Dark Souls. Hey, we've done that one. Demon Souls, Deus Ex. <laughs> hey, we tried to do that one. Yeah. Uh, Diablo, Diablo 2. That is another game. Have you ever played Diablo, Matt? I bought the Diablo battle chest. Okay. And then started with Diablo 2. Okay. It didn't make it terribly far before I was like, God damn it, I wish this was higher resolution. Okay. Uh, I have Diablo 2 on our list. I've had it on there since we've made the list. I would, I would, I would love to play it. I would love to go back and play it. Particularly this time, not with a necromancer, because I played 200 hours of that fucking game when I was 15 years old, or I was probably older than that, as a necromancer, and never tried any other character out. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Um, Disgaea, which is an epically long RPG, it's a strategy RPG. Yeah, all three of them. Uh huh. Oh, you mean all four of them? Four of them now. Yeah, yeah. there's four of them. Uh, Earthbound, Dungeon Master, EverQuest. Can't really do an MMO. Fallout, Fallout 2, Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas. Remove that motherfucker from the list. <laughs> Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 4, Final Fantasy 11, Final Fantasy Tactics, Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, Final Fantasy 7. Final Fantasy VIII, Final Fantasy X. They leave off Final Fantasy IX, huh? And they put eight on here? I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Uh, Fire Emblem. Fire Emblems are good. In fact, if you got a 3DS, I highly suggest you pick up Fire Emblem Awakening, which is... If you like RPGs at all, that is a must-own if you own a 3DS. Without a doubt. Hmm. Uh, Freedom Force. Never played it, but I've heard a lot about it. Front Mission 3, Golden Sun. Golden Sun was a great game. It's on the Game Boy Advance. Grandia 2. I actually own this game. I still have it. It's the PC version, which is a horrible, horrible port of the Dreamcast version. In fact, I'll say it's so horrible in the fact that I know it's a port of the Dreamcast version because when you go into the menus, all the controls are mapped to the Dreamcast controller. <laughs> so I had to figure out on my own what the controls were for the PC. Guild Wars. Okay. Icewind Dale 2. That's another Boulder's Gate wannabe. 
or it's actually in the same universe, made by the same people, I think. Um, Illusion of Gaia. There it is again. Jade Empire. We've done that one. Mm-hmm. Which I absolutely love that game. That game was great. Yeah. Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts 2, Lufia 2, Lunar, Lunar, Silver Star Story, Mario and Luigi Partners in Time, which I have this on the list, and I would like to do it one day. I want to say it's a Game Boy Advance game, or it may be a, a DS game. I can't really remember. Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2. I still think Mass Effect 2 is one of my favorite games of this past generation. Mass Effect 2 is a fantastic game. I will give it that. I I liked Mass Effect 1 story, but man, was that game glitchy as shit. Yeah. God, that game was glitchy. So here, Odin Sphere, which I've heard good things about. Yep, I own that game. It's beautiful. Uh, Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. That's a great game. That really is a great game. Paper Mario and Paper Mario Thousand Year Door are fantastic games. I really like those. <laughs> um... Fantasy Star 2, Fantasy Star 4, Fantasy Star Online. Hey, I played that game. Uh, Planescape Torment. Another one of those games that I actually have on the list, and I don't know if I should put it on there because I play Boulder Gate. Those games are just hard to play. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're difficult to, to win. Uh, Pokemon Black and White. I don't know what, how old is this list. Um, Pokemon Red and Blue. Uh, Secret of Mana, Shadow Hearts, Covenant, Shadow Hearts, Shadow Hearts. I don't know that game. I'm sure I've heard of it before. I just don't know what it is. Shining Force 2. Now, here's another one. I put that on the list, too, the Shining series. Mm-hmm. Because I've heard some of them are pretty decent. Um, Shimagami Tensei Persona 3 and Persona 4. Skies of Arcadia, which is another game that I've uh, never played. Yeah, I've heard the heard the title a lot. I used to always get Skies of Arcadia and Tales of Symphonia mixed up. Don't really know why. Mm. Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. Never. Yep. Pl- I, I, I started. You've it. never played it? No, 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 no. I, I I played probably about an hour's worth of it, and there's wow. a, there's actually a video of me talking about it and how I say I don't want to play this anymore. <laughs> um, in fact, it's one of our, one of our most viewed uh, videos that we ever did for Rage Quit Radio. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This was way before I had played many Bioware RPGs, mm-hmm. so I may enjoy it now. I don't know. It's pretty good. I'm sure it is. I'm just not a big Star Wars fan. Uh, so you're Sweet in Two, Super Mario RPG. They seem to focus on Sweet in Two. Yeah, I wonder how uh, much better than the first one it is. It apparently, must be great. System Shock Two. Uh, that's going to be a difficult one to play. <laughs> it, it, it really is. It's one of those man. This controls really bad. Tactics Ogre. Let us cling together, which I heard is a pretty good RPG. Tales of Destiny. Tales of Fantasia. Tales of Symphonia. Yeah, this is this is why I don't confuse the Tales games with anything else because they're always Tales of. Yeah, um, well, I have Tales of Vesperia. Mm-hmm. I'm actually borrowing it from a friend. I'm probably borrowing it permanently until he asks for it. Um, and I also have Tales of Zilla, 
which is the newest one that came out last year. Um, so those could be on the table. I've heard that Vesperia is actually very good. In fact, I've had a couple of people tell me that I should play that. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. Um, a Bard's Tale or The Bard's Tale. Is Elder... the one that's a comedy? Yeah, it's kind of it's like a comedy. Yeah. Uh, Morrowind. I've played it. Oblivion. I've played a shitload of it. Skyrim. i played a fuckload of it, too. Uh, the Legend of Dragoon. One of my personal favorites. But man, is that game long. Man, is that game long as shit. That's four discs right there, man. The Witcher 2, Assassin of Kings. I would, I love, would love to sit down and play The Witchers, both, yeah. all, both of them. That's how I feel, too. But I do not want to touch two until I finish one. Yeah, agreed. Uh, the world ends with you, which I have this on the list. And if you had a DS, we would do it. <laughs> um, always wanted to play through it. Uh, that would be one of the first games I, w- I want to get when I get a DS. Yeah, uh, I've always wanted to play that. It's a very interesting game made by um, Square. Um, kind of unorthodox in a lot of ways. Ultima, a bunch of Ultima games. Vagrant Story is on this list. Here's a good one. And a game that I've never finished and always wanted to, and I've, I actually started on a separate game club that we never finished. Valkyria Chronicles. Which I wouldn't necessarily consider a role-playing game, but close Yeah, enough. more like an action RPG, strategy RPG. It's like a strategy shooter to me. Yeah. But... I absolutely love that game, and I've never finished it. I've always wanted to go back to it and finish it. That was one of the games I was holding out for. I'm like, all right, just patch it, and then I can play it. Give me those trophies. God, yeah, I remember that. And then... It never happened. Nope. That was one of two games, and the other one did get trophies. Yep, Metal Gear. And I and I have played quite a bit of the sequel, the PSP one, but I haven't played the first Valkyria Chronicles. Huh. See here, Wild Arms. That's another PS1 game. Yep, Xenoblade Chronicles, which is a new one. Xeno- is that same that- universe? Uh, no, not at all. Different Xeno. <laughs> yeah, different completely. Uh, Xeno Gears is on here, and uh, Ease Book One and Two are on here. That's a pretty good list. Yeah. Uh, I'd always like to go back and try to do Oblivion again, but holy shit, man. Have you ever played Oblivion? I played like an hour or two of it. Uh-huh. And then I realized, I'm like, yep, give me a good story. I don't want this wandering around the woods nonsense. <laughs> that actually has a decent story once you get into it, but um, it's, um, it's huge. <laughs> that game is fucking huge. Sean Bean's in it. Oh, nice. <laughs> as well as Patrick Stewart. But Patrick Stewart lasts five minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, he's the king who you meet in the prison and then dies right away. <laughs> I'm like, wow, why did he use Patrick Stewart? He just came in for like an hour and just recorded those lines and then left. But um, Skyrim, I've never finished Skyrim. <laughs> we hang out long enough, we, fucking, we might have that as a classic. Yeah, exactly. I'm borrowing it from a friend, actually. 
as as you said, probably indefinitely until I see him again. Yeah. Sometime in the future. But yeah, um, as far as RPGs go, I have another one that I have I've owned and I've got relatively far in on the 360 version. Um, and then I bought the PS3 version and haven't put any into it. Is Star Ocean: The Last Hope? Uh, Star I o- would love to play any Star Ocean. Star Ocean Four is what is what it is. Star Ocean Four: The Last Hope. Um, you could probably get into Star Ocean Four because it's basically a prequel to everything. Um, it, it, it takes place before all the other star oceans, as far as I know. The only thing is, is that this is a straight up JRPG, as in the characters act like JRPG characters. <laughs> as in, you're going to get annoyed by some of these characters. Well, like, I think the bar has been set, so you know, they can't be any worse. You know, I haven't played the La- Last Hope. In a long time, but there's some pretty fucking annoying characters in that game. Um, which, but I, I really like that game though. Uh, I I got like well into the second disc of um, the 360 version, and they came out with Star Ocean for The Last Hope International, mm-hmm. which is all on one disc on the PS3, and they added a few things and stuff like that. But um, and I actually own that. Um, and I never, in fact, I don't even think I put it in my system. (laughs) That's the thing. I have so many fucking games. I have games. I have Batman Arkham Origins Mm -hmm. still in the Saran wrap. I I don't think I have ever bought a game and not at least watched the opening cinematic before I put it on a shelf. No, there is multiple games that I have on my shelf that I have not ever put into a system. I have Gears of War 3 that I have never opened, ever. So, I mean, it's just... I gotta work on this shit, man. <laughs> that's the thing. You know what we should do? We should just alternate. Me and you, we choose a game that's on our shelf. You may have it. Alright, so I choose a game. You may have it, you may not. But then we play through it, and then the next time, next game, you choose one that's on your shelf that you never finished. And if I have it, or if I don't have it, I'll go out and buy it. And that's how we do it. We're going to f- eventually finish our backlog. That's what we should do. <laughs> because here's what we really do. We have a huge list of games that I have never owned in my entire life. And then I go out and buy them. Which means this is not helping my backlog. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it, man. The worst thing for me is that the last two games now, we've... Yeah. That I've bought, I already own, and they're just packed away somewhere. <laughs> I own a physical copy of Dino Crisis, yet I just downloaded it on the PSN and paid for it. <laughs> and the same thing with Alone in the Dark. I own Alone in the Dark Inferno, and I don't know where the disc is. And that's even worse to me than buying a game I don't own, is one that I already own. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the bad thing. So, I mean, I'd say after Dino Crisis, we start doing that. Of course, this is totally up to you. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'd like to finish some of these games that I actually own. You know, mm-hmm. who ca- who gives a fuck if they're new games or, or quote unquote relatively new games? This is our fucking show. <laughs> we can, the we, truth. We can do whatever the fuck we want to. So we can. <laughs> so if we, you know, oh, we're going back to the classic that is Red Dead Redemption. 
you know, two-year game. You know, it's, that, it's, that's a game I'd love to play, actually. Yeah, yeah that's. I know Justin really wanted to go back and play, so maybe we could get him on to do that. I don't know. But um, that's that's the biggest thing is I I want to do games I want to I want to finish games finally. I mean I don't even so far I've been talking about games that are on my shelf. I am afraid to open up my Steam list <laughs> because there are so many games that I have purchased that are on my Steam list that I have never booted up. Period. Talk about first yep. world problems. That's far more. That happens to me far like at a far far higher percentage on Steam actually because I so so often I get bundled games yeah or gifted games or this series is on sale and I bought three of them and I'm not going to touch the other two until I play the first one right I mean I've got The Witcher and The Witcher Two I have me too. I have I have put maybe an hour and a half into Witcher One and that is far as I've ever gotten. Yeah, that's about the same amount. And I decided not to go any further because I knew I wasn't going to play it all at once. And I think, as we discussed before, that game is so complicated oh my God. to play that it's not a game you can play for three or four hours and then come back to it a few months later and just pick it right back up and keep going. Yeah, that's impossible. No, like that that's game, a game you sit down and you play it till the end. Or that's, you play it until you're, whenever you stop, you're done. That, yeah, that game was custom made for Phoenix Down. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. We just we'll, we'll need to start thinking about it. I mean, obviously we still got at least four more weeks of of Alone in the Dark and and Dino Crisis. So, but I I think you and I should just. I would. The Witcher is pretty high on my list. Red Dead Redemption is pretty high on my list, and some of these kind of classic RPGs are pretty high on my list. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean I've got like like I said I've got Tales of Vesperia. I've got Tales of Zilla. Um, as far as other RPG, I, I got Dragon's Dogma. I've got Kingdoms of Amalur. These these are games that I own and have never finished. These are games that I own and have reviewed and never finished. <gasps> oh, scandalous! That's scandalous as hell, man. But I'll tell you one thing: I've put over twenty five hours into both Amalur and Dragon's Dogma and reviewed those games. So if you tell me I haven't experienced what you need to experience to write a review, you can kiss my ass. Because <laughs> holy shit, I've put a lot of time into those games. I've just never finished them. Because I'm one of those guys who I see a side quest, I kind of fucking want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just that's that's just me. I hate I hate to be that kind of guy, but I am. You know, and then Amalur is oh my god, Amalur. I you have to make a conscious decision to say fuck your your side quest. Because it, you will never finish that game. <laughs> I'm not kidding. The developers, the developers have the, the, well, rest in peace, 38 Studios. But the developers of that game said to do every single thing in this game, it will take 200 hours. And Damn. they're they're not kidding because they had two of their own developers sit down and play through the entire thing, doing every single quest in the game, and it took 200 hours for both of them. <laughs> so. It's that game is basically an MMO just in single player. It's huge. So, but I mean that's another one. Um, I would all. Have you ever played Dragon Age? Yeah, I played a good chunk of the first one. But you never finished it. No, I want to say at least ten hours into it. Okay. I'll tell you. Actually, I don't know how many hours, but I know the part. 
I was stuck because I had to keep turning into like a, a mouse or something. Oh Jesus, that was going through the, the castle. Oh, and God, you, like, uh, you were in the fade. Fire man. everywhere. Yeah, the fade, man. That was the worst fucking part of that game, and it was yeah. so fucking annoying. Um, yeah, the the fade is uh, horrible in that game. But I didn't particularly get really stuck. I just got a little annoyed and put it down and never came back to it. Just never came back to it. Um, I would like to do Dragon Age Origins. Because I would love to do that too. That that's that's something that I think would be great for Phoenix Down because we could talk about our differences of what we chose to do, <laughs> stuff like that. I also wanted to say that that was a game where, despite my dislike for the traditional fantasy setting at the time I started it, I was like, "Damn, this story is almost as good as Mass Effect." Yeah, it is. That's that's the thing is that I prefer Dragon Age over Mass Effect. I've always been a fantasy guy, fantasy guy over sci-fi, and Dragon uh, Age, Dragon Age is. Oh my god. That lore I absolutely adore the lore in Dragon Age. I think it's fantastic. It's one of my it's one it's probably gonna be when I when it's all said and done, I'm like fifty something years old <laughs> and I'm like I look back at all the games I've played in my entire life. Dragon Age Origins will probably be one in, in the top ten. Of your life? Of my of of well so far. Damn. At 28 years old, Dragon Age Origins is one of the top 10 games of, of I've ever played. It's it's right up there with Persona 4. It's right up there with Super Metroid. It's right up there with Final Fantasy 7 and Metal Gear Solid. That uh, that's just me personally. I mean, I'm I'm sure a lot of people. Everybody knows Metal Gear Solid is fantastic. Everybody knows Persona 4 is fantastic. Everybody knows that th- those classic games are. are oh, Persona 4 is not really classic, but everybody knows those quintessential. These are your top games ever. Mm-hmm. For me personally, Dragon Age Origins has such a wonderful, deep lore to it that I just I I, I love that that whole you know so many things are established. You know, like there's the Chantry and and you know the Templars are always hunting. You know the apostates and stuff like that. And I'm just like I loved all of that. You know, I, I I would I would that if I if I ever got into a series of books and I found them, I would find Dragon Age books and read them. And I'm sure they probably exist. I'm sure they do. And uh, yeah, I actually I think I've seen them. Yeah. So I mean that's that, I absolutely love the lore in that, and I think it was fantastic. Dragon Age Two. I love the combat in Dragon Age 2, but Dragon Age 2's story was kind of... It was... It, it, for some reason, they wanted to stay in that one fucking city the entire time. <laughs> and it was just... it's God, it was just... It was just you're going to the same places over and over again, and it's it's over the span of like 20 years or 10 years. Somewhere around. It's like a huge span. While Dragon Age Origins takes place within a span of like a two, three months kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I don't know what Inquisition is going to be, which I'm, I'm very excited for that. So I, yeah, Dragon Age Origins is very, very high on my list of something I'd like to do for Phoenix Down. Preferably, possibly this year if we could do it. Interesting. That's, that's, but they, like I said, this is a joint effort. So that's up to you. You No, I mean, I, I mean, it seems like I'm always 
choosing the I don't want to be like the one choosing the game or just always letting our guests choose the game. That's what we normally do is let our guests choose the game. Mm-hmm. They look at the list and say, eh, I'll do this one. I'm like, oh, good. It's, it's a game that neither of us ever owned. <laughs> so we're not helping our backlog at all. And I, I kind of want to get back to eliminating our backlog. The Dino Crisis is on my backlog. Well, see, Dino Crisis wasn't because I <laughs> didn't really care. But, uh, yeah, I, like I said, but this is this is going back to games that I I've, I've have played or have not played. So, yeah. I mean, sure, I'll do Dino Crisis. Why not? I mean, I'm sold at moment one. If you tell me it's like Resident Evil but with dinosaurs, how could I not? Yeah. How could I not get a little moist? <laughs> Resident Evil mixed with Jurassic Park. So, but yeah, this we've been rambling for a while. So, um, but yeah, this is we're, we're just trying to iron out some of this stuff. You want to do some RPGs? We can do some RPGs. I've got a fuckload of them that I've never. Maybe, maybe not some. I mean, if we're talking thirty, forty, sixty-hour games, maybe maybe one, and then I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, that's true. I mean, it it depends on on what you want to do. You know, I mean, Blue I mean, Dragon was a good one. Yeah, that was you know that wasn't that. I, mean, long I didn't like the game. game, but. <laughs> Well, it was all right. It was a good one to do, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was something that Ken that was that was definitely a Ken backlog. I mean, he he has owned that game since 2006, and he wanted to finally finish it. And I was glad I was I helped motivate him to finish that. And yeah. that's also one of the biggest RPGs on the 360. Yeah, eh. it's not the biggest, right? Well, I, I mean, mean, Lost Odyssey's pretty big. Lost Odyssey's huge, actually. Yeah, that and Infinite Undiscovery both I would like to at least check out. I would definitely choose Lost Odyssey over Infinite Undiscovery. Lost Odyssey is... Lost Odyssey is, Lost Odyssey is sad. <laughs> I, that I, stupid Last Remnant game. The Last Remnant. Um, but yeah, Tales of Vesperia is a 360-only game, I believe. That's... That and I think there's a few others. I don't know, but yeah, we could do a few. We'll 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 mull it over some more. We still got, like I said, we still got almost a month of Alone in the Dark and Dino Crisis. So we'll uh, we'll finish those and then we'll see what we can do on that. But anyway, I appreciate everybody listening. I'm gonna go through the whole spiel real quick. You can follow us both on Twitter. I'm at DML Fury, and Matt is at REMGS. Uh, we can talk about all sorts of stuff there. Tell us about, tell us some RPGs that we should probably play. You know? Yeah. If, if you had one to play. Yeah. If you, if, if tell me your favorite RPG, well, your favorite RPG of all time is either going to be Chrono Trigger, Final <laughs> Fantasy seven, Final Fantasy six, or Xeno Gears. Those are usually the top. If you ask somebody, I mean, I would, I, I really would like to play a Super Mario RPG. I mean, we could. Just... I just can't wrap my head. Like I've never looked anything up about them. So I don't know that. Like that and Sonic both. I mean, to take essentially a game with no story that's just about bopping on bad guys. Yeah. And then to turn it into an RPG sounds like a fun experiment. Super Mario RPG. I mean, do you know anything about Super Mario RPG? Not the first thing. Do you know it's? Do you know it was created by SquareSoft? I did not, but that's yes. a mark in the plus column. Nintendo 
I want to say Nintendo approached the creators of Final Fantasy and said, hey, I want you guys to do a Mario role-playing game. <laughs> you guys seem to know a lot about role-playing games. <laughs> yeah. We it's, like your games, and we like our characters. Do something with them. So that's what the, I think that's what they did. I could be completely wrong. Oh, but, man, I would love to play that one. Yeah, that's um, that's a, that's 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 a pretty good one. Um, I remember one of the great things about that game was yeah, it wasn't all about Bowser. Bowser was not the main bad guy. He was a bad guy. But then later on, he turns into a good guy, and he joins your party. <laughs> you have Bowser in your party in that game. Now, did you finish that game? Yes, when I was a okay. kid. Yeah, I was I was okay. young. In fact, I, I want to say that's probably one of the first kind of like turn-based role-playing games I've ever finished. Interesting. I, I distinctly remember that game because I had it. And I was playing it, and it's the first time I ever experienced a migraine. <laughs> For some reason, it wasn't it had nothing to do with the game. I just I just associate Super Mario RPG with the first time I ever felt a migraine before, because I was playing it, and then my head started hurting, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> and I, like I went to my mom, and mom was like, "Oh my god, you're having like a migraine or something." And she like she sat me down in like this this room in the, this back room where it was really cold. I remember I fell asleep <laughs> and when I woke back up, the headache was gone and I was like, okay, I'm back to Mario RPG. So I started playing it again. <laughs> That's all I remember. And for some reason, Mario RPG is what I associate with that. So, um, but yeah, that's 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 a good one. But yeah, if you'd like to suggest games to us, you can do it on Twitter or you can send us an email. You can send me an email, Drew at ztgd.com. Uh, you can tell us um, games that you'd like to hear us play or or games that you love playing. That's probably not Final Fantasy VII or or Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy VI or Xenogears. So let us know. I know Jay suggested one to us. It was a uh, it was a Breath of Fire game. Dragon uh, Quarter. That was it. Dragon Quarter. But, um, but yeah, that's it. It, it. iTunes reviews. If you guys would please leave us an iTunes review, we'd greatly appreciate it. We'll read it on the show. Um, I haven't checked to see if we have any, so if you left one, I'm sorry if I missed it, but we will be back next week, hopefully. So I will, uh, I'll read it then, because I will check it. Um, but other than that, that's pretty much it. We've talked a lot about movies and television shows <laughs> and tail end about video games. This is, I think this has been a, a, a quite a successful intermission. <laughs> but um, I uh, yeah, I appreciate everybody listening to us, but we will be back hopefully next week to talk about, finally talk about uh, Alone in the Dark. But until next time, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And you guys have a great one. Thank you.